0: Welcome to the Food, Peace, Please podcast, co-hosted by Serena Marie, RD, creator of Food Freedom Fit Fam, and Susan Ports, RD, creator of Fertility Nutrition Academy. Our joint mission is to empower women to embrace food freedom. We want women to realize there's more to life than changing your body and counting your calories, macros, or points. While we are medical professionals, this podcast is informational only and not meant as a substitute for individual medical advice.
1: Now, let's get this party started. Welcome to another episode of Food Peace Please Pod. Susan and I are going to talk all about the holidays today, all about how to make sure that you feel your healthiest and happiest during the holiday season. But before we dive into that, Susan, what's new with you, girlfriend?
0: Hmm. Well, this past weekend we came to Philly and visited Serena and her husband. So this was my husband's first time like coming to Philly at all. Um, But I think, well, I, I've been a couple of times now, but not like all we like explored around the city and went to like rooftop bars. It was so fun. And I got to meet your husband, which was
1: really exciting.
0: Oh, yeah, that's right, because I had already met Anthony once, but (laughs) yes, this is your first time meeting Eric.
1: Yeah, it was a fun, fun double date, and we did um, free tours by foot, which if you're listening to this and you've never done one of those tours before, they're in like major cities, and um, they're really good. They're really interesting. I like love nerdy history, arty stuff like that, so it was really, really fun.
0: Yes, it was. So
1: tell me, what's new with you? Um what is do with me? I am it's it's cold here. It's starting to like get chilly. I actually thought about putting the in today. Um which has been, you know, really wonderful for for running. Um just has been feeling like really strong and I'm just kind of getting excited about the upcoming Philly Half Marathon. Um So, yeah, just kind of like lots of like good running weather. I think that's really like what's been top of mind for me. Oh, for sure. I would say
0: if I was a runner, this weather has been perfect.
1: Yeah, it's literally perfect. Yeah, today is like beautiful. I don't know what the temperature is there. Like 50s? Yeah, it's 50s, but maybe it's just like the house. Like, I don't know. My house is like really drafty. Like I feel cold. Oh, we turned the heat on weeks ago.
0: Oh, okay, yeah, it's a little colder there, I think, than here. Yeah, probably just a little bit, and we're just like babies, and <laughs> it's like silly. Like I turn the heat on, but then like I'll like open the window some to like let the fresh air in because it's not like that cold.
1: I'm weird. No, I I'm in a constant state of trying to like struggle with like my temperatures. <laughs>
0: Yeah, especially sleeping at night. Yeah. I don't know if you struggle with that, but, like, we struggle with that. And, like, I actually read somewhere that, like, 67 degrees is, like, the perfect temperature for sleeping. Hmm.
1: I do know you're supposed to be cool.
0: Yeah. And so I'm. what I'm noticing in this house here is, like, that it's – I mean, so it's a two-story. So the like, heat definitely rises. So it's warmer upstairs than it is downstairs, and the control is downstairs. So, mm-hmm. like, we'll come up to bed, and we're, like, in there, and we're, like, gosh, it's so hot. Like I actually want it to be cooler.
1: Yeah. You have to like kind of adjust knowing you're going to go to bed soon. Yeah. It's so weird. Yeah. Yeah. That's hard to to manage. Um, Yeah. So cooler temps means the holidays are basically here. Um, We got Halloween coming up and then Thanksgiving and then just all of the religious holidays, New Year's. So I can't believe it's I can't believe it's that type of year already I know I'm like I'm actually looking forward to it
0: I'm like excited like I don't know i like this time of year I've been starting to think about Christmas, Christmas. movies like holiday okay. movies I don't know I have like a really I love all sort like I'll just watch Hallmark like I could probably start watching it now and I'll just watch it all the way until just you know New Year's, basically.
1: (laughs) Yeah, like the claymation movie movies are like the best nostalgic, most wonderful feeling ever.
0: Yeah, and I actually said to my husband the other day, I was like, "Maybe we should put up the Christmas tree," and he was like, "Ah, no, I'm probably going to draw the line there." (laughs) I feel like you have to wait till November first, Susan. Uh I know. I usually I just- wait till after Thanksgiving just to separate the two out, but you're really jumping you the know. gun this year. It's not Halloween yet?
1: I know. I don't know why. I just like want to get into it. Like, I don't know. I love the mood to like be merry. That's a good thing.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I just love the feeling of the holidays. It's so you know, magical.
1: So like, do you think back in your dieting days, was the holidays less magical for you? Was there any like of that torment of like all the holiday parties, sales and goodies being passed around? You know, it's interesting. I
0: think like for me, like it – like I like still loved it because a lot of what I love about the holidays – like yes, I love like the food, but I think like the thing that I love the most is like – the Christmas tree because that's like a tradition that we do. And like holiday lights. I like lights and the movies. Like I enjoy that stuff the most. Now, don't get me wrong. Like the food piece of it. Like I like spent like my fair share of holidays trying to like make everything as healthy as possible. And I think I actually shared this on the podcast once before, like I tried to make uh sugar cookies with like stevia and whole wheat flour and they were disgusting, <laughs> but like I like told myself that they were good. Yeah. So for me, it was more like I would like spend the holidays trying to like make things as healthy as possible and like cook them differently, like because like heaven forbid like you make I don't know if this is, like, a thing here, but, like, in the Midwest, we make, like, green bean casserole, and that's, like, one of my favorite things. But, like, heaven forbid you make it with, like, a can of cream of mushroom soup and, you know, like, put, like, that – the, like, French fried, like, onions on top. Like, it – and I, like, made it fully from scratch one year, and I'm just going to tell you right now. I'm going to break you the news to you. It does not taste the same. It's not as good. So – for me that's more of what it was. But tell me about you. I was your experience a little bit different? Did it bring on stress for you?
1: Yeah. You know, I think that's so interesting what you're just talking about and that's kind of like a lot of like that orthorexia type thinking of like this like obsession with like health and wellness. Right? And um I'm just thinking like the holidays um can be hectic for most people. Like there's lots of events, there's lots of family, there's lots of people you're seeing that you usually don't see. Um, It's expensive. You're buying gifts. And so to throw in like orthorexia where like you're now spending all this time making everything from scratch because heaven forbid you use something processed. And then also like all of these like versions of things that are organic or like always more expensive. It just seems like such a recipe to like take elements of the, like, I love the holiday season. So, you know, I'll talk about that in a second here, but like, there's definitely elements of the holiday season that are stressful. And it just sounds like all that, like, orthorexia tendencies you were dealing with kind of made those more um, stressful parts of the holidays even, like, more intensified.
0: Yeah, because I was spending, like, way more time
1: cooking stuff.
0: Like, it's a lot harder to make things, like, from scratch. And then also, like, again, like if they don't taste as good, you're not as you're not satisfied. And so then what we know happens when you're not satisfied is ultimately you end up eating more. Mm-hmm. Like if you aren't satisfied, you're going to like keep searching for whatever it is that you feel like you're missing and you're going to keep eating rather than like if you just ate the things that you wanted to eat in the way that they were originally, like the way that you're craving them, like the original version. Like You'd be able to eat them and move on.
1: Yeah. So it's like just like so unnecessary for so many reasons. But you just don't realize it when you're like focused on being the healthiest person ever or whatever it is in your head.
0: No, you're like, oh, I'm being healthy. Like, I don't want to like eat too much over the holidays kind of thing. Like, I don't know. It's, yeah. It's a mindset. It's a mindset for sure.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So how was I – so like I've always loved the holidays. Like I don't want to pretend that I used to like dread the holidays because um, I mean I, I I love family get-togethers. I love cooking. I love like hanging out with people. Like, you know, that stuff was always great. But I definitely felt a lot of stress that I don't experience nowadays. And I felt like I had to constantly like add workouts in to balance the fact that I was like – going out to eat more off my meal plan and not hitting my macros. Um, I definitely struggled a lot with like binging and purging during the holidays. Um, I definitely can think of like memories right now of like, my grandma, who's no longer with us, like making food that I, I wouldn't eat because it was like too fattening, quote unquote. And, you know, now when I look back on that, I like makes me so sad that I didn't like eat that food and make those memories with her. Um, so like, yes, like the holidays have always been like a really special and wonderful time in my life. But I I can just see like so much drama and stress. Um, I created for myself like between you know, these weeks leading up to Thanksgiving, even being around Halloween candy was a problem. Like, so just like, honestly, the end of the year was like riddled with like food guilt, food shame, negative body talk, um, and just like really so much like stress around like making sure I was like burning off the extra energy, quote unquote, that I was eating this time of year.
0: Yeah. And I think that that kind of like, lends us into like why is it like not helpful to like restrict or go on a diet or cut back um, during the holiday season and like what can happen if you do that. So one of the biggest things that I tend to notice, I, I kind of already alluded to when we were talking a little bit before, is like when you don't allow yourself to eat the thing that actually sounds good, you end up not being satisfied. And there's a difference between being satisfied and being full. So you could be full and be like, I don't need any more food. However, if you're not satisfied, like, it's like a biological drive. Like, you're going to continue looking for something to eat. And When that happens, then if you're not just allowing yourself to eat whatever it is that you want, like you're going to continue to go back because the thing that you want is like what you're not allowing yourself to eat.
1: Yeah. It's almost like I always tell my clients, it's almost like being a teenager again. And if you can think of like being a teenager, like if your parents said like, you, you know, you have to do um, clarinet. You would be like, I hate clarinet. I don't want to do clarinet. Like, clarinet's the worst. And as soon as, like, your parents are like, oh, yeah, sure. Like, you can have, uh, you can play, you know, you don't have to play clarinet anymore. You're like, oh, I want clarinet. So when you are forbidding something or saying you can't have something, our brain goes into this very, like, childish mode almost where it wants what it can't have. Um, and that's just like a, because of that perceived scarcity. Um, So exactly. Like if you're not honoring the craving or eating the thing you actually want to eat and you're trying to eat the like healthy version or like I used to microwave a lot of Quest bars and like have that instead of like a dessert, like your body is not going to just like be okay with that decision. And like there's only so much that willpower – can help you in this situation, right, Susan? Like, we can't, like, why can't we just like willpower our way through dieting? I think the part that we don't
0: realize is there's like this biological drive to eat. And when you have this biological drive to eat, like you have hormones in your body that are telling you to eat and trying to ignore them, like, is nearly impossible because like they're trying to get you to do what they're designed to do. So, It's not your fault. It's way more that you have this biological drive to eat and you're going to eat until you're satisfied. I mean, that's like one of the bigger things that I think people don't realize is that like you are going to eat until you're satisfied. And so if you're trying to just ignore it and cover it up and try something that's healthier, Like, it's just, it's not going to work. Like, you're going to keep searching. It's like, I use this analogy all the time, but it's like when you want, like, the cookie and you just try to eat the apple first and then, like, the apple doesn't do it. So then you eat, like, a yogurt and then the yogurt doesn't do it. So you eat a granola bar and then eventually you're just like, forget it. I'm going to eat the cookie. It's, like, the same thing. So I'm sure that, like... You know, your experience, like you said, like you would like microwave a quest bar. Like, do you not remember like how like you'd feel after that and like what would happen?
1: Yeah. Like I would feel – so first of all, Quest Bars like didn't really sit well in my belly. So like I would feel kind of like bloated and uncomfortable Um, and it would like make me feel satisfied, quote unquote, for like a half an hour. And then I'd be like thinking about like the brownie I actually wanted again and exactly what you just described, Susan, where it'd be like – so then I'd have a Greek yogurt with like some stevia in it and just like, you know, go on this like goose chase until all of a sudden, you know, it was nighttime and I was like – whatever like F it I'll just have the brownie and like at that point I had been like basically like kind of binging all day like eating this snack and that snack and this snack and that so I wasn't even like hungry anymore. Brownie was this like very unpleasant experience so you know I think that's kind of interesting to like hit on here is like I think the word well, I do at least. I throw the word binge around, and I think a lot of times people are like, "What does that even mean?" Like, you know, because sometimes, and and here's the thing with binging, it's subjective. There's no like quantitative, like you know, you have to do X, Y to consider it a binge. Like, you can consider really any event a binge. Like, you get to decide. But for me, I think something that maybe for those of you who can't relate with like coming home and like eating like a gallon of ice cream, a bag of potato chips, like that level of binging. I think something that we can't relate to more, and maybe you call it a binge, maybe you don't, but like that feeling of what Susan's describing where like you just keep eating all day because like you're not satisfied. And I know personally, like that would leave my body feeling kind of cruddy. Cause like, I was like, I don't even, like, I don't want to say, like, my energy was low, but, like, I just didn't feel good because I was, like, never getting hungry and never getting full and, like, uh, I don't even have the words for it. Like, it just felt unpleasant and I would almost say that's binging too.
0: Yeah, I think it's like, like you said, there's, like, different levels of it and um, I would totally agree. Like, that's, like, an experience that I had a lot too, where I would just like start eating, like particularly like it would be like after work, right? Like I would like get home and it would be like the unwinding process. Plus I was like starving by that point because basically I'm not going to give you a full recall of like what I would eat for like breakfast and lunch, but let me just tell you, it was not enough. (laughs) It was not enough. But yeah, I expected it to be enough. And so like I would come home and I'd be hungry and so I would just like I would start with eating like you know, maybe like a few like a string cheese and like a few crackers and then like maybe like some fruit and then like it would just like turn into like eating one thing after the another all the way until like I was like making dinner. And then like that like it's like so basically eating for like 3 hours straight like mm-hmm because I was so hungry, because I wasn't allowing myself to eat enough earlier in the day. And I think that happens to a lot of people. And maybe it's not always about, like, you're not allowing yourself, but, like, maybe it's about, like, you're just not realizing how much your body truly needs from a nutrition standpoint, and maybe you're not giving yourself enough time to, like, eat. Like, I feel like we live in a culture that is very, like – you know, if as Americans, like it's a very like hustle and grind like culture and like people don't like people here like we just don't take enough time for lunch and eating. Like I don't know if you know this, but in other countries they do. <laughs> like I was actually just talking to someone about um France the other day because like they've actually done a lot of research on the French and, like, their lifestyle, like, they have, like, way more time for, like, lunch. Like, they might, like, go home and, like, eat with their family or have, like, a couple-hour lunch break, like, and go with, like, co-workers. Like, it's just a very different vibe than, like, you have 30 minutes if that. Eat as fast as possible. And, like, that just, like, doesn't set you up to, like, I, I guess have enough time to eat. And then, like, on top of it all, if you're, like, only allowing yourself to have certain like things like maybe you only let yourself have a salad for lunch and like you're not incorporating enough components with that. And so you're not getting full enough. And then by the end of the day, you're just starving. I just I hear this story a lot from people. It's like the end of the day starving. And Mm -hmm. it's like, yeah, I understand that. But there's like a way that we can get to a point where you're not starving at the end of the day.
1: And I think, I think that's really common during the holidays too, because I know something I used to do was like, I would save my calories. So I would be like, oh, you know, I'm going to want to have, um, you know, it's, we're having a holiday cocktail hour and I'm going to want to have like a cocktail and some snacks with my friends. So like, I'm going to not eat a lot of calories for breakfast and lunch and like skip my snack. Um, so that I can like, quote unquote, afford to have like more calories at this event. And like, you know, as we get closer to the holiday season, it's like those events become more and more frequent. So it's like something that maybe was happening, you know, once, twice a month now becomes this thing that maybe is happening like two, three, four times a week, depending on how hectic your holiday season is. And so like what happens is you're saving up your calories, but you're getting to this point where you're so hungry that at that point, you've activated that primal brain, that primal brain that really, is not thinking, oh, how much food do you need to feel comfortable? And it's really just thinking, oh my God, I'm famished. I'm way too hungry. We're in survival mode. Eat as much as possible. And that's when you get that like kind of like out of body experience. Why can't I stop eating? Like, I, you know, and you're like, oh my God, I ate all those french fries on my plate. Like, how did that happen? And that's usually like a sign you have gotten too hungry and that that primitive part of your brain is kind of overriding that more like evolved part of your brain that does stop and pause and check in with fullness cues. And so, like, I think during the holiday season, there's this proclivity to like save up your calories because you're trying to like, you know, maneuver eating for the with dieting, and it actually ends up biting you in the butt. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And, and also I think like there's like this notion of like a lot of guilt and shame around gaining weight around the holidays. And I think that people are like – you know, like I just remember when I used to work in like clinical, like they would do like challenges of like maintain, don't gain, like all this like guilt and shame around like gaining weight around the holidays. And that just like coincides honestly perfectly with our culture's entire feeling about weight and gaining weight and how it's a bad thing. And it's like, and just so you know, like if you gain weight, it's not a bad thing and it doesn't make you a bad person. Like, I think so much of that is like what goes on. It's like you, like we have this like thought that like spirals into, oh, I'm gaining weight. It's a bad thing. Oh, I'm a bad person because I'm gaining weight. And then you like make it about you as an individual and as a person. And like, that is just not true. So I think, um, yes, I think
1: I I just want to like
0: point that out. Yeah. And,
1: you know, I think that's a really, um, good point because I think first of all, there's a lot of fear like mongering around like, oh my God, God forbid you gain weight. Like, oh my God, you're going to gain weight. Um, and then I also want to say like, just because you're not dieting, it doesn't even mean, and again, like, yes, gaining weight, your body changing, your body changing is inevitable. Gaining weight is not bad. And I also at the same time realize that you're going to need more than like Susan and I telling you those that sentence for you to like believe us right now. So like if you have like the fear of God in you as you're listening to this and you're like, oh my God, but like getting weight, you know, I, I get it. Like it takes a lot of time at work for us to kind of get to a place where we think of our bodies with more neutrality. But what I do want to say to those of you who are kind of wrestling with this idea of like not dieting during the holidays, because God forbid you gain weight, is I really want you to take like a look at like what your pattern has been in the past in terms of, um, um, you know, kind of what we were just describing where like, if you are doing, I, I call it like the song and dance of like, you know, I'm craving a brownie. So I'm going to have a quest bar and then I'm going to have a yogurt and then I'm going to have an apple and then I'm gonna have a granola bar. And then finally I eat the brownie. And like, really, if we just think from like a caloric standpoint, if you had just eaten the brownie, like you actually would have eaten less calories. And again, this is not about calorie counting or saving calories or weight loss, but I just like all this, like there's, there's this like kind of assumption on like social media and it's because you know, I, kind of want to like defend our people. We only have your attention for like four seconds on social media. So like, there's only so much information we can like impart to you in like a four second Instagram post. But like, I do think there's this misrepresentation on social media of like intuitive eating food freedom equals, um, like eating tons of dessert and like gaining all this weight. And I just want you to know like intuitive eating is about like finding a comfortable, happy, healthy place in your body and what that looks like for different people is different. Um and I'm kind of losing the point of what my spiel here. But really the point of the spiel is that rather than just assuming if you're not dieting during the holidays you're going to gain all this weight and it's going to be a disaster, I just want you to take a deep breath and be like what if I didn't die during the holidays and instead of having the Quest Bar yogurt, granola bar, apple, brownie, I just ate the brownie? Like, I don't know. For me, that makes it feel less scary, especially if you're somebody who's like new to this whole idea of like letting go of food rules and dieting.
0: Yeah. I feel like what you're saying is like, what if you just allowed yourself to enjoy the sweet that you want to have rather yeah. than like telling yourself that you can't have it or trying to avoid it? Like just… For me, like, one of the biggest things, like, and this is just a general life tip that I've learned, is that, like, if I can accept things, it, like, takes the pressure off. Like, for some reason, there's something about, like, can you just accept that? Like, for some reason, like, that, like, takes a ton of pressure off of me and I really – like that feeling like it feels like feels really good on my body like energetically um which may make no sense to you at all but I trust that if you continue on this intuitive eating path you will be able to really learn so much more about your body and you're going to feel way more in tune with your body than you've like ever felt in your entire life but like just accepting the fact that like I can eat these things like And allowing yourself to just enjoy like and if that means that like you maybe eat past the point of fullness and you're feeling really full like that's okay. Like give yourself grace for that. Like guess what? Like you might do that because if you haven't allowed yourself and given yourself that permission in years on a holiday like you might do that. But what I want you to know is that when you continue to habitually allow yourself to do those things. And that's why we're talking about this now, because you can start allowing this stuff now before, you know, Thanksgiving and like the December holidays roll around, like you're going to be more used to, and your body's going to feel more safe eating these things because the more you show yourself and you demonstrate to yourself that like, Hey, it's safe to eat this. It's okay. If I eat this, like the easier it is and it will allow you to stop eating it. You're not going to have this all or nothing mentality where like if I eat this it's all over and I'm never going to eat it again. No, if you want a brownie today and you allow yourself to eat it and then you want it again tomorrow, eat it again tomorrow and the day after that, like it it's going to habitually teach you and show you that like it's okay.
1: Yeah, I I love that. I feel like that's something to like aspire to too and you get to have like this little like um, like, pop quiz time of life where you get to, like, start experimenting with that, so. Okay, so today we talked a lot about – this conversation kind of actually turned into, like, how dieting has like negatively affected the holidays for us in the past, and kind of like our argument for why you shouldn't diet. And I think on next week's episode, what we would love to do is almost give you like a game plan. So like maybe like a little bit more of like tactical tips that you can use during the holidays when you're going to grandma's house or whatever, um, talking about that. So we will dive into some more practical tips next week for not dieting during the holidays. And thank you for joining us today. Thank you for joining us. If you're a female athlete looking to heal your relationship with your body, head to SerenaMarieRD.com to download my free runner's guide to better body image. And if you're trying to conceive,
0: head over to freedom.fertility on Instagram to grab your free starter guide for food freedom, fertility, nutrition.